0: This Rogreen episode is brought to you by OBI, a sustainability consultancy firm specialized in life cycle assessment and decarbonization strategies. For more information, check oneob.com or visit our page on social media. Links in the description. All right, welcome to a new episode of uh, Raw Green. It is my immense pleasure to have here as a guest uh, Mr. Ivo Pitangi, right from Brazil. So today we fly to Brazil and we talk with a very, very, very nice person with a very interesting story that uh, work for a very interesting Company that he actually founded. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ivo Pitangi. Ciao, Ivo. How are you?
1: Hi, pretty good. Francesco, how are you doing, my friend? Long time.
0: Very, very good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, in Brazil. Merry Christmas. In a warm
1: Brazil. Buon Natale. Buon Natale. But Forty degrees. Forty
0: so pretty, degrees. Pretty warm around here. <laughs> You got yeah. Santa right. in a swimwear <laughs> coming to you. Exactly. In flip-flops. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly, Havaianas.
0: <laughs> in Havaianas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about global awesome. warming. No. <laughs> exactly. Look, yeah. Ivo, uh, I'm very happy
0: to have you here. Uh I I wanted to ask you I have uh, like a million questions to ask you about. Why don't we start slowly? Uh, we, uh, basically, uh, when I was in Brazil, uh, 12 years ago, uh, you were in, uh, Rome, if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, uh, working with a private equity firm, uh, investing in, uh, renewables. And, uh, and now you are the founder and uh, CEO of, uh, Nextron Energia. Why don't you tell me? what happened in the past 12 years before we go through next turn?
1: That's, that's a true story. Uh, you, it sounds like I'm pretty old right now. And I feel pretty old. But um, You don't
0: look like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
1: been a long time since, uh, since we started the uh, Renewable Energy Adventure. Um, yeah. Started in, in Rome, as you, as you mentioned, in uh, 2011, 2012, when... Renewables was really picking up in, in Europe with all the feed-in tariffs um, from different uh, countries. And uh, it, was, it was a very important school for me, um, given the amount of penetration that renewable energy already had and the maturity of the market, which really helped me kind of uh, uh, bring back my this competitive advantage back to Brazil Which is uh, which was a very immature market, and now it's it's growing exponentially. But yeah, Europe was was a very important school for me to learn, and and the exposure that I had with uh, Foresight Group, which today is one of the largest uh, private equity fund focused on on infra renewable infrastructure projects in in Europe, and in the world actually. Um, So yeah, very very happy to have started my my career at Foresight, and now twelve years after. Having my own company, my own startup, renewable energy, climate tech uh, startup here in Brazil, and, and with the mission to democratize renewable energy and simplify access to reno- renewable energy uh, in Brazil, and let's see about the world next.
0: How did you come up with that idea? So, if if I if I understood properly, and then I'll, I'll let you give a proper. Uh, intro and overview about Nextron but if I understand understood correctly in a nutshell you basically developed a methodology and a system to build PPA uh, for residential and commercial at lower scale than let's say a conventional PPA uh, quantities okay or size is that is that correct is that a correct assumption
1: yeah yeah in 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 a nutshell uh, what we basically did is uh we developed proprietary software um that connects uh renewable energy projects uh investors to the end uh, energy consumer right Uh, be it residential or small commercial um, any basically any consumer that has a consumption above uh, around 200 kilowatt a uh, month in, in average. So, you know, very uh, uh, small granulated uh, profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to create this proprietary software under our own interface that um, simplifies the access, giving the energy user a alternative Right to building their own rooftop, so basically you can have the benefit and the savings of solar without having to invest in your own solar rooftop. So we already have the projects remotely built in the DG uh, program here in Brazil, which is kind of similar to the community solar program in the U.S. or the virtual okay. net metering in Europe, um, and so we're able to connect this remote um, uh, energy plant, renewable energy plant, to the and energy consumer without them having to change their energy service provider in a very seamless, frictionless manner in five clicks, the energy user can have the renewable energy from our, from our farms uh, virtually and, and guarantee and have a guarantee, guarantee of up to 20% savings every month on their energy bill, uh, wow. knowing that it's hundred percent renewable and that they don't have any real uh, friction uh, to do that. And then once the, the energy consumer, Signs up with Nextron, which is basically a a, a solar uh, a subscription product. It's like a Netflix, right? Uh, okay. You basically sign up, and and then um, you start receiving the energy, the 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 Nextron energy bill. So you don't have to pay the utility bill anymore. You pay the Nextron utility bill, and then we uh, pay the utility whatever is owed to the utility. Where there's some fixed cost so that you because you're still connected to the to the grid you have to pay some small fixed costs so we pay the utility and we become your only interface now with energy as an energy service provider um, um and, and that's really the value add that we bring and that's our value prop to the to the energy consumer on the other side the energy producer right we have also an application focused on the energy producer where we are kind of responsible to monetize and give the investor a return on their investment, right? So we're mm-hmm. able to tap in the regulated energy market, which is the highest energy tariff in Brazil um, and a very diversified and retail kind of investment profile. So we're able to minimize risk by really granulating and diversifying our off taker risk through residential and small, commercial and small. So it's very small concentration risk. And so mm-hmm. we're able to to generate a very attractive uh, return on capital, which is superior to any other way they would sell energy, renewable energy in Brazil. Um, so we really give them a, 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 a high return um, option yeah. right, to monetize their renewable energy into the regulated retail market without having to build their own kind of proprietary platform to do that.
0: Yeah, that's phenomenal. So it's Both kind of like the Uber
1: actually. of energy, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. we're, we're kind of the Uber yeah, yeah, of renewable clear. energy. So basically, we, we don't—we're totally asset light, right? We don't own any energy plant. Um, so you know, the, the 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 mission is to become the largest energy plat renewable energy platform in Brazil without having without being owner of a yeah, single energy. Same
0: model of Uber, Airbnb, and others, where you let's say the the biggest. Uh, uh, hospitality without actually owning uh, hotels or, or properties. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful business model. My question is, though, if, if I can dig in a little bit more into the technicalities, how do you make sure that uh, that that kilowatt hour that is being produced uh, from uh, one of the solar power plants, uh, renewable energy power plants, uh, get dispatched and transmitted? To, to the residential owner, that kilowatt hour, or that comes from a renewable source, because you have to pass through the, the national grid. So how do you make sure that that happens?
1: Yeah, great, great question. So basically in Brazil, um, there, there are many different utilities which own concessions. So they own, they operate certain utility territories in Brazil. There's about 60 in Brazil, but in large states, there's about 30 of them, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, Eno from, Ita- from Italy is here. He yeah. is here. Ibedro, yeah. Spain are here. So there's many different groups that own many different utility territories and they operate this, ut- these utility territories by operating their local grid. Right. So they, yeah. so when I have a project that is connected to, let's say an NL grid in, 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 Rio, for example, part of Rio is Enel Enel Rio, um, I'm connected to the grid in NO, and I can only distribute these credits, right? These energy credits in the in that same territory, right? So I'm limited to distributing that those energy credits in the same utility area where the project is connected to. This. Okay. So that's that's the first point. And then, so then, um, in in accordance to a certain law in Brazil, which is uh, Law 14,300, 14, it says that the utility is responsible to, uh, to basically uh, systemize and count the amount of kilowatt hour that's being injected in their in that inter- interconnection point in their grid that they operate. Okay. And that energy is then transferred into credits. They're generated. They generate credits, which is one to one. So one kilowatt hour for one currency, one hal, mm-hmm. right? And then the utility is then obligated to compensate these credits in the energy bill of the client that I told them to compensate these credits. So they compensate these credits in the energy bill. But then I receive the energy bill. I audit. I make sure that those credits were actually accounted for. Mm -hmm. And if it's okay, then I send my bill with the savings, generated savings from that kind of compensated credits and then the 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 energy user pays me and i pay the utility whatever that fixed cost is
0: which so i assume this in is in essence all
1: the utility
0: automatized uh, in uh, in ahead, uh, in in your in your algorithm in your in your software sorry this is has been all automatized, it's all, automatized. It's all yes
1: yeah it's all automated all automated all digitized, all systematized we have a bunch of algorithms that are Doing this energy balance, right, to optimize the savings on one side for the customer and optimize the return on 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 the investment on the project side. So we do this energy balance every month. We kind of become a a, a virtual digital utility, right? It's mm. it's kind of the same job that the utility does. But the interesting thing is that the since the the energy consumer is connected to the grid, still connected to their same energy service provider. They don't have energy risk, so they're never going to stay without energy. Even if something happens with the plant, they're still connected to the grid, and automatically yeah. the utility will understand that there's no energy coming from that plant, and they're going to send them energy anyway. So um, And then you next on the utility. On is, t- the is still utility. kind of the clearinghouse.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, exactly. The utility is still that, the, the clearinghouse clearing for yeah. all of this. Okay. Yeah. Okay, for that's fantastic, Kivo. But fantastic. we become the
1: interface, right? We become the interface, so... Now the client, the consumer sees Nextron, right? And and now Nextron has the client, and we become kind of the uh, sustainability energy as a service, let's say, or sustainability as a service provider for this uh, for this consumer.
0: That's that's very very interesting. And uh, are the utilities happy to work with you?
1: Not really. <laughs> uh, the utilities don't have much, much, much choice, yeah. since it's uh, it's a law that came in that came in place after a long period of negotiation mm-hmm. with the utilities and the lobbies, and it was kind of a compromise because really it's it's the future of of ener- of the energy sector in Brazil and in the world actually. Utilities really need to focus on um, operating the grid more and more efficiently, right? And less on the kind of commercialization of energy in the generation part and leave that to the private markets uh, to kind of regulate themselves and kind of focus on the grid, which is, you know, kind of the last mile service Mm -hmm. to the the energy consumers, which they can't stay without energy. So they really depend on the grid and the utility to kind of operate this efficiently and with technology, smart grids and smart meters and, and all this kind of infrastructure is very important. For the yeah the utility plus to provide the,
0: right? the, utilities, but the generation yeah the utilities are also generators so they 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 also play these two roles uh i mean yeah. I, I remember yeah. enel green power cool. in 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 south america it is one of the biggest uh developers of both uh, solar and wind um so they they also have this double sides which it is what what are offering uh, well, it, is, it is phenomenal for me. Personally, I hate bureaucracy. So if I have to switch uh, to an energy provider and you do everything for me, the first thing I'm going to do is hugging you. I'm going to give you a hug. Uh, besides, <laughs> exactly. re- re- regardless of the savings. <laughs> <A> strong hug. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah, because yeah, at the end of the day, you're, you're incentivizing um, renewable energy. Right. Mm. That's that's a fact. Um, And the second thing is, is that um, now uh, instead of uh, bending yourself to the monopolies, right, you have an option to have better service at a lower cost. So it's better service at a lower cost, which is basically a no brainer.
0: Right. Yeah. It is, and that plus you have the accessibility that uh, it is available on an app, right? Uh, so it is exactly, on, yeah, it's on, totally on the palm of your hand. Yeah, it is. It is fantastic. Exactly. Uh, let,
1: let let me yeah, ask Yeah, exactly. You... We have the application on iPhone and on Android, so yeah, it's all fantastic. fully
0: available digitally. Let, let me ask you something uh, on the on the production on the generation side. So. Uh, i'm pretty sure you're aware that uh r- renewable new renewable installations uh skyrocketed uh, during 2023 uh basically all over the world even in italy uh the the problem that basically every country has it is the, the backbone of everything which is the grid uh the the transmission grid uh, my curiosity, it is that, uh, I, I don't hear much talking about Brazil, uh, because Brazil, it is, uh, for a technical reason, uh, it is, uh, one of the, uh, grid, uh, with the lowest carbon intensity you can have on the planet right now, uh, because of the hydro, uh, generation of, uh, Itaipu, uh, and, uh, uh but I assume with, uh, uh, the, the let's say, the, the exponential uh, connection to the grid of this new solar, wind, and other renewables power plants, uh, perhaps also in Brazil, you are uh, walking through very long connection time uh, to get connected to the grid, uh, Paperworks. I mean, I, I heard stories of uh, connection time waiting lists for five years for wind power plants or solar power plants waiting to get connected to the grid. So my question is, uh, is it happening in Brazil too, or it is a little bit better than it is happening in in Europe generally and the, the U.S.?
1: That's a very good question. Um, Francisco, and that's a, a very long conversation. We can do a podcast only <laughs> only on that. Subject. Only on this. <laughs> but in a, but yeah, but basically to summarize, I think Brazil is uh, is very well endowed in terms of uh, geography, of course, right? Uh, natural resources, and also in terms of the integration of the uh, the national grid, right? Different than other countries, uh, U.S. especially, that has several different ISOs, right? It's not an integrated grid. In Brazil, you have a fully national integrated grid, right, transmission-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really helps uh, in terms of economies of scale, uh, investments, and uh, logistics as well. Uh, so that's, I think that's that's one one point. Uh, we have one agency that regulates the entirety mm-hmm. of it, and, and it's it's less fragmented, right? It's it's more centralized, which is good. So it can also be bad because politics plays a huge role. Yeah, but, um, I can imagine. Otherwise, it's it's there's a certain organization behind that, right? So the centralization is good, can be bad, but now you know, majority uh, uh, of the reasons now it's 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 pretty uh, favorable um so that's that's the transmission right transmission and what you are uh, re- referencing to are the uh, utility scale plants which are mm-hmm. connected to these transmission grids yeah, yeah and the transmission in brazil of course um brazil is very endowed but at the same time there's a lot of uh challenges brazil is, has a challenging geography as well uh because it's very uh uh, uh nature, it's very abundant in nature-wise, so you really, to build these transmission lines, it takes a while, there's a whole uh, 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 environmental uh, agency and impact. Yeah, surface right? so rights, there's, there's a lot of uh,
0: municipalities surface you have rats. to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, a lot I, of, it can, it's a nightmare. Yeah, a lot of bureaucracy.
1: Yeah. yeah. A lot of bureaucracy around that. Um, Brazil is a very, it's a continental country, right? It's a huge country, yeah. so you know, you need to have a lot of investments. So it depends also on uh, the global kind of investment scenario, right? So you need to bring uh, local development banks. So that comes into what's the cost of capital? What are the interest rates locally? What are the returns to the investments? For How do we bring foreign investment? So there's a whole challenge over there uh, because it's very capital intensive. Um, and so there's that. Um, now, the interesting thing is, is that DG, uh, which is not on the transmission level; it's on the distribution level, which is closer to the uh, inside the utility territories. Is that the the, the penetration of renewables in Brazil? The interesting thing is that seventy percent is DG and thirty percent is utility scale. So, oh, wow. uh, very different than any other country in the world. There's more DG in uh in solar, not renewable solar, sorry, mm-hmm. solar. There's more DG than um, then utility scale, and solar represents the second, uh, uh, in ranking the second most uh, penetrated energy source uh, in Brazil's energy matrix. After hydro, right? Yeah. So you have hydro, hydro representing a fifty to sixty percent, and then solar representing um, fifteen to twenty percent, and then you have wind and biomass and the rest. So, there's there's a huge penetration of intermittent energy, right? Which is the renewable energy, but hydro is not part of that. Hydro is like the baseload of Brazil, right? So, it serves as a huge battery, let's say. Um, But the huge penetration in the DGs uh, lowers the need for the centralized utility projects, right? Because now you have these projects, which is DG, which is closer to the consumer, right? It's decentralized. Solar, wind is not very decentralized, but solar is the more, more decentralized one. So you have a high penetration of DG, which gives you a lower demand for centralized energy. So that increases the time of, you know, that the grid actually projects and needs uh, to, to have that energy um, from utility scale sources. And so the huge penetration of DG also brings a huge challenge, which is the intermittent energy right, from solar or from small wind, let's say, Mm -mm. Um, which uh, in Brazil, there's a very, very small penetration with a huge opportunity for energy storage, which I think is the next kind of big um, uh, uh, thing in Brazil in terms of energy uh, uh, penetration, which is build infrastructure um, with uh, uh, storage, energy storage, battery, whatever technology it is, in order to firm the grid, right? In order to yeah. to, to to actually uh, reduce
0: the intermittency, uh,
1: yeah, increase the potential, reduce intermittency, and increase the potential to have a even higher yeah. penetration of of DG in Brazil. So you know, of course, Brazil has like many other countries a, a a very old kind of distribution network which is a bit outdated, but there has but with the penetration of DG there has been a very important kind of incentive. Uh, to, um, to update all the subst- substations, you know, to update the local grid, yes. um, bring in the penetration, uh, invest in smart meters, right? which will you know, be... Brazil has a very, very like 1% penetration of smart meters. So it's all... A, uh, you know, uh, There's a lot to dig- do. Digitized either. Yeah. There's a lot to do. There's the smart grids that will come in. But I, I think that the energy storage is really like utility-scale energy sources to help firm help as an ancillary services as well to the utilities. I think that's going to be very important in order to kind of, uh, bring more robustness, uh, to the grid in, in itself. The,
0: the, the, the what, what you just said to me comes as a surprise. I mean, that you have that 70%, uh, DG, uh, because, uh, uh I, I always thought that Brazil, uh, would have been, uh, and I, I jumped some logic here, but, uh, I always think I always thought that Brazil would have been uh, a like an academic scenario for large utility scale generate uh, power plants uh, with state of the art HVDC transmission lines. You know that to do to build HVDC, you need. To, to, to justify the cost uh, and also to, to to justify the efficiency of HVDC, you need to have a minimum amount of transmission in terms of kilometers, okay? Now, I don't know the exact figures, but what I remember is like 700 or over 1,000 kilometers to be able to do that, which in Brazil, it is like a daily commute, uh, 1,000 kilometers, it is nothing. Uh, so, what what mm-hmm. what uh, I thought about it, it is uh you already have uh, the, the hydro, uh, one of the largest, uh, was the second largest uh, hydro generation uh, power plants in the world, which is, like you said, a massive battery that can help with the loads, with the intermittency from, uh, from renewables. On the other hand, with uh, all the, you, you certainly have uh, areas uh, that are more prone and more optimized to develop power plants, uh, whether it is solar or or wind or any others. My point is, uh, the uh, HVDC it is something that can help a lot to create energy hubs. If you don't have, like in other countries, uh, the the problem. Uh, I mean, you do have it, but it is a little bit reduced, the intermittency, because you have that massive hydro generation capacity. Uh, Would it be worth to create those hubs, those energy hubs, uh, I don't know, in the south uh, where you have wind uh or in the north where you have massive sun radiation uh is it is in, in in the north of brazil obviously uh is it is it is it something worth is it something that uh, I don't know you talk with the investors probably on a daily basis and you know pretty pretty well uh, what is the best area to develop power plants in Brazil is it something worth thinking about it, rather than going with the small non utility scale power plants
1: um yeah that, that that's that's an interesting question and don't get me wrong like uh, I'm giving you the numbers for today right so today as we speak in terms of solar capacity installed yeah. in Brazil, seventy um, percent is DG, thirty percent is utility scale. But that number mm. is going to change in the next year. There's a lot of utility scale solar being being built in
0: Brazil okay. in pipeline. And Brazil okay. is already there you go.
1: top. Yeah, in pipeline, there's huge, huge amount of solar, especially in the northeast. Right, mm. eight hundred megawatt plants. 500 megawatt plants, and wow. then you know the, H, the, the 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 transmission lines, the high tech transmission lines are being built because there's enough uh, uh, economies okay. of scale for that, and and also the hydros are not right. Hydros, there's no more hydros being built because of its environmental impact is very very high, Massive. so it's wow. almost impossible to get permits for large hydro these days. So you have some small hydros being built Meaning, because Brazil yeah. has kind of a favorable Me geography harder. for that in the south and the and the southeast anyway but but the big the large plants are are solar and wind right there's a lot of wind park farms being built in the northeast as well you're starting the offshore winds in the south as well so i have i have no doubt that, that you know utility scale renewable energy in brazil will have a, a larger much larger penetration than dg but the growth lately in the past 5 years has been exponential for DG also for the fact that it takes much the development cycle is much lower Shorter. for DG than yeah. for utility scale. So yeah. naturally, given the maturity of the market, naturally DG is ahead now of, of utility scale. But you know, once one one plant that two plants of five hundred kilowatts, five hundred megawatts connect, you know, that game is, is probably gonna change. But um but so there is huge investment the development bank in Brazil has a special credit line just for renewable energy. So, you know, Benny Deci has a, has a special line for yeah. that. So yeah, that's being, that's, that, that, that's, that's a market that's going a lot in Brazil, but at the end of the day, you know, I think that the, uh, the, the key for energy stability energy energy uh, resilience is diversification, right? So, so you have to have a diversified energy matrix, be it yeah. in different sources of energy and in different, concentrations of energy you know utility scale and decentralized energy so centralized and decentralized energy need to have a certain uh, 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 representation so that you know we have greater resilience um, and and also the amount of power needed uh, to power Brazil's growth so yeah, uh, to be you yeah. know Brazil yeah. has a very concentrated energy matrix these days so you know historically Brazil depends on hydro you know from fifty anywhere to seventy percent of the energy consumed in Brazil can come from hydrogen at any given time. And that's really bad for, 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 uh, grid, for grid resilience, for, for energy price stability as well. Um, because once there's no rain, right. And we see that a lot with, with climate, uh, impact and and global warming and, and whatnot. Um, you know, you depend on turning on thermal, um, and, and, and coal plants uh, and the energy, being generated from these plants are, is, is is not renewable and it's much more expensive. And then, you know, that impacts the consumers directly, which, you know, in a given year they can be paying, you know, what 30 to 40% more in a given month than they were paying, you know, in the beginning of the year because of this concentration in hydro. So there's a fundamental kind of problem in Brazil, which is a concentration on a single power source, which now is changing. And we're very uh, bullish on, and we're trying to help the diversification with Nextron of the energy uh, matrix in Brazil.
0: Uh, Talking about uh, energy mix, uh, is there any new renewable energy technology that uh, you and uh, your guys, your team at uh, Nextron are looking for, are interested in?
1: Um, I mean, we're 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 very focused on solar. Um, solar mm-hmm. is an incredible technology already. It's gaining efficiency by by minute, lowering price by minute. So it's. Uh, I think there's still a very very large opportunity for solar in Brazil. Um, very bullish on that. Um, I think it's 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 very scalable, low capex, very yeah, very small operational risks, small operational costs, um, yeah. very long uh, uh, life, asset life. So, I mean, you know, it is the most adopted in, in the world as a renewable energy source um, for a reason. Yeah, for a reason. But yeah. I think that in Brazil, <laughs> for a reason, but yeah. I think that Brazil, um, as I mentioned before, I think energy storage is, is probably the next big thing um, in Brazil. And, you know, BYD is is... is is very aggressive in Brazil these days.
0: Oh really? Um, you know, you okay. can buy
1: now. Uh, yeah, you can buy an electric car that already comes with the charger. Um, they give you the charger for free. Um, the car is now price of a popular car in Brazil. Um, so they're very aggressive building huge flagship stores everywhere. So uh, I think it's going to become a hu- huge market for uh, electric, you know, EV. And also uh, battery energy storage, both um, on the consumer side and also on the utility scale side. Um, so decentralized and utility scale storage, I yeah. think, is the, probably the next big penetration in terms of infrastructure uh, in Brazil. They're they're doing
0: look the the Chinese the uh, EV manufacturers they're, they're doing great uh, BYD. Uh, yeah. For sure we'll, I mean unless uh, the European Union uh, will put tariffs uh, on it uh, but for sure will take by storm also also Europe uh, 100%. Um, yeah. I am in UK yeah. right now and uh, I cannot tell you how popular it is uh, the electric version of the mG which it is not anymore a British uh, brand is Chinese uh, owned. And they mm-hmm. have price point so aggressive that it is it is incredible. Obviously, mileage is not great, charging time it is not great, but uh, for for, for first time users it is it is fantastic. It is really fantastic. And uh, cattle continues to to invest into new power plants uh, very, very aggressively. So, yes, it is going to... But there isn't just uh, lithium-ion batteries for for renewable energy storage. Uh, I was looking also at gravitational batteries, which is fantastic. Uh, There is pumped hydro, which actually in Brazil, with maybe mini-hydro, could be an interesting uh, solution, uh, also given the, the geography. And also the, the the weather condition again, especially in the tropical parts, uh, in the in the in the north. Uh, so the, it is it is fascinating. To be honest with you, I, I bloody love my job because every day there is a, a new technology uh, that uh, that it is coming out. Uh, not just on the storage side of the battery side, but also on the carbon capture side or on the hydrogen. It is it is just phenomenal. Zero hydrogen in Brazil or are they doing something?
1: Yeah, they have the green hydrogen, right? There's a lot Mm. of noise in Brazil on green hydrogen, as as, as there is in the world, but it's still, it's not a very mature technology yet. Um, There's a very, very large, uh, it's very capital intensive, super capital intensive. Um, So, I mean, it's starting, Um, you know, Brazil has, a very strong agenda uh, politically as well for green, green hydrogen, and uh, even as a more as a potential export of the uh, uh, of the uh, byproducts to Europe and help Europe kind of decarbonize. But I mean, it's still very early days, and um, I really don't have a a kind of uh, clear opinion on that yet. I think mm-hmm. let's see what happens. But yeah, it's there's a lot of noise in Brazil on green hydrogen.
0: And t- talking about uh, let's say uh, political and also obviously legislative uh, activity that needs to be done, uh, since uh, Lula uh, came back, uh, do you have you seen a difference? Uh, did that help Nextron? Was it something that uh, helped the, the change from Bolsonaro, which uh, was uh, a climate change denial? Uh, and uh, pro deforestation and other, uh, let's say, uh, not too progressive <laughs> uh, approaches.
1: I mean, um, uh, to be very pragmatic and practical, um, it was under Bolsonaro that he he was the one that signed the DG program in Brazil, okay, G law, okay, which was being postponed for a very long time, so um. Uh, it was very instrumental what he did um, in order to kind of formalize uh, and create a law, right, regulating DG. And that gave the market a very strong kind of uh, uh, legal framework, uh, which really was the catalyst to all these investments that have been made in DG. About, over 170 billion haish has been invested in DG in oh. the past years. Um, and much of that a lot of that was you know since the law came out in, in early 2022 um so um you know it really incentivized but i mean with changing government from here to there you know that's always going to happen but i mean renewable energy is already what we say is supra governmental right it's over government it's it's yeah. it's an agenda that's you know over government it's 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 like it's it's needed and and you can't really you can't really do anything about it, but to incentivize and, and subsidize, of course, in an efficient manner, um, so there's no kind of market distortions. But yeah. um, but I mean, it's it's over governmental. It's, it's 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 something that um, the world needs to needs to really uh, evolve in, and Brazil has a very 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 strong potential to become the one of the protagonists of uh, disseminating and really. Uh, Abiding to uh, the green and the and the net zero uh, uh, mission and agenda Targets, that the world has, yeah. right? So, I really, yeah. I really, I really, I'm really bullish, and I think Brazil should take this opportunity to really raise the flag and say, "Look, we're the most sustainability sustainable country in the world, and we're going to continue being the most sustainable, sustainable country in the world, and we're going to invest in technology and sustainability." right, in order to keep progressing and not stagnate and, and really be, become an example to the world in terms of uh, sustainability, renewable energy, divert, uh, you know, uh, energy diversity. In, in, yeah, in, grid its, intensity. Uh, in it's energy Look, mix. It, and, yeah. Exactly.
0: As I said, uh, Brazil already, it is definitely in the uh, top 10 uh, for one of the lowest uh, carbon intensity in the grid. It is phenomenal. I think it's Brazil has the highest grams per kilowatt hour. Yeah,
1: Brazil has fifty percent. Brazil has fifty percent over the average global renewable energy matrix. Brazil is fifty percent above. So Brazil has eighty percent of his energy matrix is already renewable.
0: Wow! And
1: the average, uh, uh, the average, the the global average is twenty six yeah yes renewable energy penetration yeah. so we're already much above yeah. and, and beyond a lot of it is hydro of course which can also be debatable if it's that renewable because there's a high impact environmental impact so it's it's a bit debatable and I, I i'm i i sometimes debate myself on that when you pass through these huge reservoirs you see like how much it was deforested and it's of impact on the biodiversity local biodiversity and all that kind of stuff i know but but they also last 100 years
0: they also look uh i I tend to look after since i since uh, i i started and uh, i discovered the concept of life cycle assessment uh i start to look at things just with the in the with the optic with the angle of the entirety of the life of that project so that uh, that hydropower plants, yes, it has deforested hectares of land. Fantastic. Uh, on the other hand, uh, um, hydro turbines can last a hundred years, uh, so that means that that turbine and that power plant probably has produced I don't know how many billions of kilowatt hours uh, throughout the, the lifetime. So if you have, if you want to see the the, the actual uh, inside carbon intensity of that kilowatt hours, you have to arrive till the end of life of that hydroelectric power plant, and divided by the global warming or the deforestation uh, land use change that has been done. That's 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 the way you should look at it. If you take that ten gigawatt of hydro, hundred gigawatt, one terawatt, whatever it is, and uh, see the damages that is made, but then it lasts a hundred years, and then you put ten gigawatt or a terawatt of solar you still have damages you still have the transportation you still have to take into account the recycling of the solar panels so it is you you never know and uh, what i can guarantee you is that in every single study that you do when you take into account everything there's always a surprise always always no matter what
1: Yeah, yeah no matter what yeah, I think it depends on, on kind of the country by country, geography by geography. Absolutely. You Absolutely. really need to analyze the local impact of that and how that can impact local communities. Absolutely. And whatnot. But I mean, yeah. definitely, it's che- it's cheaper source. It's renewable source. It lasts for a long time. Um, and I mean, it's much better than the, the alternative, right? Which is the pollutants, uh, fossil me, fuels and whatnot.
0: Me, that is 100% true. It has to be tailored to that specific project. Uh let me ask you one thing. Yeah. Uh uh what what is next for uh Nextron? Am I am I gonna see you closer? Am I gonna see you to Europe? Are we gonna expand abroad?
1: Well, yeah, a lot of people ask me that. Uh we're still yeah, of very course. small, early stage. I'm saying selfishly, uh, so I don't have to have deal a... with
0: utilities anymore. Yeah. So it is a very selfish yeah. question.
1: That's <laughs> Yeah, that's a dream, right? strong next, next on power globally. Yeah. But, um, you know, Brazil is such a big country. We have over 200 million people. Yeah. We have continental space, geography, huge opportunity, national DG program, a lot of land and a lot of investors, a lot of capital, and, and very high energy prices. We have the third highest energy price in the world. So we have a very big challenge, and we really have the focus of, becoming this kind of virtual utility in Brazil uh, that, you know, kind of uh, simplifies uh, access to affordable, clean energy. And that's kind of our, our, our mission right now. Of course, you know, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've been, I traveled all over, I, I lived all over the place. Um, and, and of course I would love to see Nexron go global, but I think there's still a lot of homework, uh, a lot of consolidation to happen. Uh, but home. of course, that's yeah. that's a future dream. But first, we need a, we need a, we need to dominate uh, a home, and then once we do that efficiently and in scale, then for sure, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities all over the place: Latin America, Europe, U.S., and you know, Africa. Yeah, you name it.
0: yeah, the world, <laughs> the world. Well, Ivo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Muito obrigado. Uh, for for your time, uh, this was uh, very 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 interesting, and uh, uh, I, I hope to have you again uh, on the on the podcast. Uh, and congratulations! Uh, I really I really really like uh, what you guys uh, and next are doing.
1: Francesco, thanks so much for having me. It's a great pleasure to see you again after twelve years. Yeah, uh, um, and that's uh, not wait 12 uh, years, okay? Know, anytime, <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. I invite you here to Brazil, uh, done, check out the renewable renewable energy scenario, here. it's very, very, very interesting. And, um, you know, whenever you need, I'm here, and it's a pleasure. Congrats on the podcast, uh, <laughs> great content, and uh, look forward to, to coming back. And, uh, a presto.
0: Grazie, grande. Grande. Grazie, Ivo. You take care, all right?
1: (laughs) Ciao. Take care, take care, Francesco. Big hug. Ciao. Bye-bye. Ciao.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Raw Green. Brought to you by Obi, a sustainability consultancy firm specialized in life cycle assessment and decarbonization strategies. If you're looking to make an impact, a tangible and measurable one, reach out to us on our website at oneob.com or visit our social media. Links below in the description. See you at the next episode. Ciao!